Welcome to the crossroad. It's been a while, and uh, my name is Tepo Mafata, and I want us to talk about something today that is in my heart and that is in the mouth of a lot of people currently regarding false pastors, false preachers, and so on. Those that call themselves men of God but are actually deceivers and are deceiving those that. As you will see with the passage of, of, of scripture that we'll be looking at today are those that are actually perishing anyway. Uh, for today's message, we will be actually looking at Second uh, Thessalonians um, chapter 2 from verse 9 to 12. And I think uh, without wasting any more time, let, let us go directly into that. Okay, there we go. Um, I think let's just let's just go through it verse by verse. Um, as I said, our our scripture for today is from verse nine. But just as a background, it's always important that we always get the background of 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 the passage that we are we are we are gonna be dealing with. That helps us to get the context. Um, so that we can interpret the verse properly. Although we are going to start at verse 9, I want us to actually begin at verse 1, because this is where Paul, who is writing to the Thessalonians, is introducing the, the topic of this, of this passage that he's going to be talking about. And he says here in verse 1, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers. And then he goes to verse 2. But before he goes to verse 2, let's just say now, he says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's, you can see that here, he has been talking about a, another topic in, in chapter 1, and now he's transitioning from that topic to this one. And you can see that by this starting point here, when he says, now concerning, that means now he's saying, now regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him. Our being gathered together to him, this refers to rapture. If you don't know what rapture is, this is the time when Jesus will call every single Christian that will be alive and every single Christian that has ever died will rise as well and both those that were dead and have now risen and those that will be alive at the time will both be taken up in a blink of an eye, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, and we will all meet the Lord in, in, in the sky. So, Paul says now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the second coming that, that Paul is talking about. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and rapture and being gathered together to Him. He says, we ask you, brother, so this is what, so you can see here that he's speaking to to Christians. That is why he's referring them to brothers. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken or disturbed. This word shaken here is disturbed, confused. Not to be quickly shaken or disturbed in mind or alarmed. In other words, scared. Uh, be made to be scared, be made to be worried, be made to be concerned. Either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us. So in other words, nothing should disturb your mind, nothing should 
put fear in you, nothing should scare you. Um, even if that thing was a spirit, even if that thing was something that was spoken, or something that looked like a letter that actually comes from us. And to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So Paul says, don't let anything, don't let nothing, either a spirit or a spoken word or a letter that looks like comes from us, don't let it disturb you or put fear in you and say to you that the day of the Lord has come, has already come and has gone. So in other words, it appears that some people were saying to these guys that the second coming has already happened and the rapture has already happened and, 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 and the Christians have been taken up and these Thessalonian Christians have been left behind. So Paul says, don't allow that to be the case. Don't allow yourself to be shaken or disturbed or scared. Even if it looks like it's a letter from us, even if it's a spoken word, or even if it's a spirit about the day of the Lord having already come. Because, and he says in verse 3, let no one deceive you in any way. So in other words, people were deceiving them. People were actually telling these people that the day of the Lord has already come and rapture has already happened. He says here, for that, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. So now, Paul says, this second coming of the Lord, this rapture that is going to take place, will not take place unless the rebellion comes first. Because of time, I'm not going to go much into what the rebellion is and so on. But unless this rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness, the sinful man, remember sin is lawlessness, so man of lawlessness is sinful man, unless this sinful man is revealed. And this sinful man is also the son of destruction. He's someone destined to be destroyed. This reminds you, if you go to John 17, uh, where Jesus is praying, he also refers to Judas as a son of destruction, someone that has been predestined to be destroyed. Um, so Paul says, that although there are people that come to you and, and tell you that the rapture has come and the day of the Lord has come, don't let them shake you. Don't let them disturb you. Don't let them deceive you because it will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the sinful man is revealed. A sinful man who is also destined for destruction. This sinful man, in verse 4, Paul describes him. He says, Who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. This son of this sinful man, this son of destruction, will set himself above everything that, 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 that is an object of worship. He's going to set himself above every idol. He's going to set himself above everything that anyone is worshipping. And he's going to take a seat in the temple of God and he's going to proclaim himself to be God. And this is actually the rebellion. This is actually him rebelling against God and saying, I am God. Like I said, I don't want us to 
to dwell much into this. All that we need to know at this stage is that this son of destruction, this sinful man, will be revealed. There will be a rebellion. And this son of destruction, this sinful man, will oppose God and actually proclaim himself to be God. And in verse 5, Paul says, they must remember that this is actually what he's told them. This is not new. And he says in verse 6, And you know what is restraining him, him being the son of destruction, him being the, 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 the lawless one, the, the, the sinful man. He says, And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time. So there's something that is currently restraining the, the, the sinful man. From, 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 from being revealed so that he may be revealed at the right time. And in verse 7 he says, for the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work. In other words, this son of lawlessness is already at work. He's, he's, although he's not yet revealed, he's secretly doing his work. He's secretly already working in the world. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he's out of the way. So although he's been restrained currently, although he's been he's, he's already doing his work in secret, there'll come a time when whatever is restraining him will move away and then in verse 8 the lawless one will be revealed. So do not allow anyone to be to deceive you uh, people of Thessalonians. Because the day of the Lord has not yet come and will not come unless the rebellion happens to unless the son of lawlessness, the son destined for destruction is revealed, who will oppose God and proclaim himself to be God. And this son of destruction, he's already here and secretly doing his work, but he's been restrained. And he'll be restrained until at the right time when the restrainer will move away and he will be revealed. Once he's revealed, verse 8, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So once he's revealed, his end, his destiny will be death by Jesus Christ who will kill him by the breath of his mouth and bring him to nothing when he comes. So in other words, unless this son of destruction is revealed, unless the rebellion takes place, the proclaiming of himself to be God, unless the restrainer allows him to be revealed, the day of the Lord will not come. And when he is revealed, the day Jesus will come and Jesus will destroy him. Now, having all this background, we can go to our verse, our passage for today, which is pretty much from verse 9 to verse 12. Now, here Paul says, the coming of the lawless one. This is the same person we've been talking about. The, son of, the, 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 the man of lawlessness or the sinful man, the son of destruction. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan. So in other words, it is by the workings of Satan that this sinful man, this lawless one, this son of destruction, 
will has come into the world. His coming is by the activity of Satan. So he works for Satan. He is brought about by Satan. And we we're gonna look at this passage here from nine uh, to twelve. And I've actually what I've done is I've actually divided it into sort of headings, where we look first at the source of his power and coming. And as I said, the source of his power is Satan. The source of his power is Satan, and he's brought about by the by the workings by the activity. Of Satan. So this man of lawlessness, this sinful one, this son who is destined to be destroyed, works for Satan. And he comes with all power and false signs and wonders. In short, he comes with all power to be able to do miracles and wonders. But bear in mind that it is false signs. So the, the signs and wonders that you'll be doing will not be true, will actually be intended to receive as we will see as we continue. So he comes with power, he will have power, but his power he will use to perform false signs and wonders. What are examples of false signs and wonders? It's telling people that they are going to be healthy. Telling people that you are healing them, whereas you are not healing them. Telling people that they are going to be rich, whereas they are not going to be rich. Telling people that they are going to be prosperous, whilst they are not going to be prosperous. In short, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel forms part of this false signs and wonders. We know that there are people that have been told that they have been healed that are not being healed. We know that there are people that have been told they are going to be rich that are not getting rich. We know that there are people that have been told they are going to prosper that are not prospering. So this person is going to come with all power to perform false signs and wonders. An example would be to tell people that they'll be healthy, they'll be wealthy, and then they will prosper, even though you know that they are not going to. So this person will come, and he will do signs, and he will do wonders, but those signs and wonders will be false. Now in verse 10, this coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception. So now, Paul adds this to show that this false signs and wonders, this power that is going to use to, to, to perform false signs and, and, and false wonders, he's going to do that with the sole intention of wickedly deceiving people. Wicked means here unrighteous, wrong, deceptions, unjust deceptions. So he's going to, with these false signs and wonders, his sole purpose will be to deceive people. So his tools will be false signs and wonders. And his job will be to deceive people. 
he comes by the activity of Satan. So in other words, he works for Satan. He is going to have some power. And this power, he's going to use to perform false signs and wonders. So that he can deceive people. Example again, if you tell people that they are going to be healthy, if you tell people that when they come to Jesus Christ, they'll be rich and they'll always be healthy and Jesus wants to deliver them and they'll be promoted and they'll be married and so on, you are also doing exactly what this lawless one is going to be doing because you know that what you are telling the people is false, so therefore you are deceiving them. So the coming of the lawless one will be by the activity of Satan because he'll be waiting for Satan. He will come with power so that he can do false signs and wonders and his main purpose will be to deceive people. But now, look at the, the, the second part of verse 10. And this is the one that if you are now an unbeliever, you should be concerned. Because he says, and with all wicked deception, for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. This lawless man, this sinful man, this son of destruction who's coming through Satan with power to do false signs and wonders and deceive people, his target, the target of this lawless man is not believers. But rather, it is, it is his target is people who are perishing. In other words, people on their way to hell. Why? Because they have refused to love the truth and so be saved. So this man is coming for the people that have already rejected Jesus Christ. He's not coming for the, uh, for the believers. He will not deceive believers. But he will deceive those that have already rejected Jesus Christ. And they have refused to love the truth and so be saved. This lawless one, this sinful one, is coming for them. And in verse 11, Paul says, Therefore, Based on this, based on this, based on the fact that this man, this sinful man, this man of lawlessness will come, comes uh, by the activity of Satan, in other words, he works for Satan, the, the, the fact that he's got power to do false signs and wonders, the fact that he's going to deceive those that are already on their way to hell because they have rejected Jesus Christ, based on that, God sent them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. Because they have refused to love the truth and be saved, because they have rejected Jesus Christ, God decided to send them a strong delusion, someone, something that is going to strongly deceive them, so that they may continue to believe what is false, because they have rejected the truth. So this verse 11 actually it is God's judgment upon those who are already on their way to hell because they have refused the truth. God says, because you have refused the truth, you have refused, you have rejected Jesus Christ. I am now sending you 
a stone deceiver, someone who will deceive you so that you may continue to believe what is false. So God is actually judging those that have refused the truth and say, I am now ensuring that you will never ever believe the truth and you will continue in your falsehood and you will continue to believe falsehood. And this man will ensure that you continue to stay in that way. So, although it is not God who is bringing this evil person into the world, God is using him as judgment upon those that are already that have already rejected the truth and, and, and so that they can be saved. Those that have already rejected Jesus Christ. So God is allowing the sinful one to come and continue to deceive them. And, 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 and look at this word. This is not just any other deception. This is a strong one to ensure that they remain refusing the truth so that they can only believe what is false. So God is saying, you have refused the truth. You have chosen falsehood. So now I am making you not to ever choose the truth. Why did God do this? Verse 12, in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is God's judgment. So although this person works for Satan, although this person has power to do false signs and wonders, he can only deceive those who are already on their way to hell. Those that are on their way to hell because they have refused the truth, they have rejected Jesus Christ. He can only deceive those. So God is using this evil person, God is using him to put judgment upon those that have rejected the truth. And God is saying, because you have rejected the truth, I am going to send him so that he can deceive you. I'm going to allow him, sorry, so that he can deceive you, so that you can stay believing falsehood and never believe the truth, so that you can be condemned for refusing the truth and having pleasure in unrighteousness. What does this mean? And this is the core of messages I wanted to bring today. That this man of lawlessness works for Satan. This man of lawlessness has power. This man of lawlessness uses his power to do false signs and wonders so that he can deceive people. This man will tell people things that are not true. This man will do things in front of people that are not true so that he can deceive them. But the only people that will be deceived are those that are perishing anyway, those that are on their way to hell anyway. And why are they on their way to hell? Because they have refused to love the truth. They have rejected the truth. They have rejected Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. And as God, as part of God's judgment, this man is going to come and deceive them and keep them believing falsehood so that they can be condemned for rejecting the truth. What does this mean? This means that if you find yourself 
attending a church of a false pastor, attending a church of a false preacher, a false man of God. You are not a victim. But that false pastor, that false man of God, that false preacher is God's judgment upon you. Why am I saying that? Because although the, 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 the coming of the lawless one, this son of destruction, has not come yet, we know when we read 1 John 2.18, 1 John 2.2, 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 22, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 3, and 2 John chapter 1, verse 7, that we know the following, that the Antichrist have come and are already in the world. They deny the Father and the Son. They don't confess Jesus. They are not from God. They reject the coming of Jesus in the flesh and they are deceivers. We know that these, John says at the time of his writing of the epistle, John says the Antichrist, those that deny God, deny Jesus, are already, were already there. And he calls them deceivers. Just like what this son of destruction will do when he comes. In fact, some people call this uh, lawless one the final Antichrist. They say that although many Antichrists have come, as John says, this one here, this son of lawlessness, this son of destruction, who works for Satan, is the final Antichrist. So although he has not come, there are many other antichrists that have come. And they are all doing exactly what the final antichrist will come and do. So we should not read this and forget that whatever this person is going to do then is already happening as we speak. There are already people that claim to be working for God but they are not from God. They are actually working for Satan. They are working for Satan and they've got power to do false signs and wonders to deceive people. To deceive people by telling them that, listen, you are healed when you are not healed. You are going to be rich when you are never going to be rich. You are going to prosper when you are never going to prosper. So those are false signs and wonders. If you tell someone they are going to be healed and that person is not healed, or if you tell someone that they will be rich and that person is not rich, then what you are doing is false signs and false wonders so that you are deceiving that person, which is exactly what this person, the final Antichrist, will do when he comes. So, I repeat, if you find yourself listening, attending, Crowds, if you are part of the crowd that is sitting under a false pastor, a false preacher, a false man of God, you, the crowd, are not the victims of that man. But that man is actually God's judgment upon you because you have rejected Jesus Christ, you have refused the truth, and you are looking for something else other than the truth. 
and God is sending that false pastor, that false preacher, that false man of God as a strong delusion so that you may continue to believe what is false. In order that you may be condemned. You are not the victim of that false pastor. That false pastor is God's judgment upon you. Because you are on your way to hell, because you have refused to love the truth and so be saved. Turn around right now. Look at yourself. Ask yourself this question. What am I doing here? Is this man, is this pastor, is this preacher telling me the truth? Is what this pastor is giving me in line with scripture? Is it in line with the Bible? Am I supposed to be listening to him? And if not, stand up, turn around, repent, reject lies, and accept Jesus who is the truth. That false pastor. is not defrauding you. That false pastor is God's judgment upon you if you continue to look for anything else other than the truth. If what you are looking for is health, wealth, and prosperity, let me tell you now, you have rejected the truth because the truth has nothing to do with that. The truth has everything to do with Jesus, repentance of sin and salvation. In fact, the Bible promises us persecution, sufferings and trials for being Christians. Nowhere does it promise us health, wealth or prosperity. So if health, wealth and prosperity is your goal, you have rejected the truth. And that pastor, preacher, man of God that says to you, that he can give you health, wealth, and prosperity. That false pastor is God's judgment upon you. He is ensuring that you continue to believe what is false so that you can never ever believe the truth and at the end you will be condemned. If I were you, if I were you, I would change what I want. I would ask God to help me to change what I want so that I don't run after health, wealth, and prosperity, but rather I run against, I run to, 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 to achieve salvation, eternal life in Jesus Christ. Because I can tell you now, if you have, if your goal if all you want is to achieve health, wealth, and prosperity, and as a result, you have, you are following a pastor or preacher that actually says to you, you will have health, wealth, and prosperity. Then, based on this verse, because health, wealth, and prosperity is not part of what Scripture promises us, you have rejected the truth, and have chosen to believe what is false. You have chosen to believe what is false, 
if you run after health, wealth, and prosperity. And that man of God, so-called man of God, that false pastor, that false preacher is God's judgment upon you. He is God's judgment upon you. You have chosen health, wealth, and prosperity and have rejected the truth. And God is judging you because you are already on your way to hell. God is sending that false pastor, that false preacher as judgment to ensure that you continue to believe what is false and so be judged and be condemned. Ask yourself this question. Is the man standing in front of me preaching giving me the truth or deceiving me? I used to think that false pastors and false men of God are actually defrauding people and it's so sad and it's so bad. After reading this passage, I've realized, no. That false pastor is God's judgment upon those that have rejected the truth. These people have rejected the truth. They have decided to run after health, wealth, and prosperity. And God says, I will send you this false pastor, this false man of God, who will come and deceive you with false signs and waters so that you can continue to believe what is false and be condemned. Brothers and sisters, repent or face condemnation. Repent or face condemnation. If what your pastor, your preacher, your so-called man of God is not giving you what is in line with scripture and you continue to sit under that pastor or that preacher or that man of God, then you yourself are rejecting the truth and that pastor becomes God's judgment upon you. Repent. Turn away from your sins right now. Seek God while he may be found. He is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins. Confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Reject sin. Turn away from sin. And love the truth. And the truth is only found in the Word of God, in the Bible. Not in the pastor, in the Bible. I hope that this message will help you to realize that if you continue to reject the truth and believe what is false, you will find yourself under God's judgment and that false pastor, that false preacher, will ensure by God's divine decree that you continue to believe what is false so that you may be condemned. You are not a victim of a false pastor. The false pastor, the false preacher, the false man of God is God's judgment upon you because you have rejected the truth and have believed what is false and you are on your way.
hand. But I can assure you those who believe, those of you who believe, that these antichrists, these, this man of lawlessness, will not deceive you. He's not here for you. He's here for those that have rejected the truth. Stay in the truth. John 8 verse 31. The truth will set you free. Thank you very much for listening to the crossroad. As I said, my name is Sepo Mafata and please remember to share, share these messages and don't forget to subscribe. It really is helpful. If you want to speak to us, please send us an email at wordofgodundiluted at gmail.com wordofgodundiluted at gmail.com those sitting under a false pastor, a false preacher, a false man of God are not victims, but those false pastors, those false preachers, and those false men of God are God's judgment on, on them. It's God's judgment upon those that have refused and rejected the truth. Thank you for listening and God bless.